Thanks for joining us today for the Eagle Drive Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Chris Thorne. Eagle Drive is a Bible-believing New Testament Baptist Church where Jesus is preeminent and the gospel of grace is at center stage. We are devoted to connecting with God, growing together, serving others, and sharing our faith. If you would like to know more about our ministry, visit eagledrivebaptist.com. Now, here's today's message. If you have your Bibles, take and turn with me to Luke chapter number 10. Now we're going to be in verses 38 through 42 this morning. Luke chapter number 10, verse 38 through 42. Once you find your place, let's go ahead and stand if we can. And we'll read these verses this morning and then we'll jump into the message. Luke chapter number 10, verse 38, all the way down to verse number 42. Let's begin. Follow along if you would. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. The he is Jesus and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Tell her to go help me is what she is saying. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and Lord, I thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come to church and worship you this morning, and Lord, I'm so thankful for the ones that have joined us, and I'm so thankful for the the great service that we've already had, uh, the great testimony time, and uh, just the spirit and the song service and all of the special music, Lord, from the first song to the last song that was just sung. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us for the next few minutes just to focus on you as we continue in our series and our theme for the year, Thrive, understanding what it means to thrive and understanding we were made for more. Help us to understand how we can truly thrive even through the difficult times of life, even through stressful times. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. We love you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Anyone in here ever get stressed out? Anybody ever get stressed out? Uh, I think all of us have some stories. You know, we gave opportunity for the teens to share testimonies this morning. So what I'm going to do is just have you guys give an opportunity to share your stressful times, okay? Anybody want to come up? Probably not, right? Uh, I'm not going to do that this morning. But we all have situations in our lives that are very stressful. Sometimes we produce the stress in our lives. Sometimes we don't produce the stress in our life. Don't you love it when you have something planned and then something happens and it changes your plans? Don't you just love that? Anybody like it when your plans get changed? It is. It's Amanda's favorite. It's definitely a, uh, she loves it when, especially I, I'm usually the one that changes the plans and she's got everything all planned out for the summer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to decide to get meningitis and go to the hospital and be sick for a long time. So it was, it was great. She loved it very, very dearly. And she loves me very dearly as well today. Um, but... <laughs> I hope she does. I don't know. I'm not really sure sometimes. But um, anyway, stress happens, and it's part of life. Even me, uh, this morning, you know, I was preparing a message. I feel like God wanted me to preach, and I was in Indiana the past few days, and I was coming back, flying back uh, last night with Nate, and I was uh, working on some things and had a bunch of notes that I had prepared uh, for that two-hour plane ride. And I got up this morning, came to the office to try to take those notes and type them on the computer. And when I opened up the iPad, everything was gone. 
So you understand, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not necessarily an iPhone fan, iPad fan, all that kind of stuff. So I went to the iPad expert, Michael, and he's like, well, you should do this and do this and this. It still wasn't there. I obviously should go back to Samsung. He's just rolling his eyes back there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not that. It's just, it, I guess it was, you know, perfect illustration this morning because I had everything planned out how I wanted to preach and present the message this morning, and something happened, and it messed up those plans. It could have been on any device that would have happened, so it's, it's not just Apple's fault. But it definitely <laughs> aided in my stress level this morning. When I sat in my office there, and I'm trying to look at the notes that I had written out and then work on the message and just ty- finish everything typing out, it wasn't there. So Lord willing, we're going to preach a message this morning, and I believe God is going to be in it. Here, but in Luke chapter 10, we find Jesus at the house of some some very dear friends. He's in the town of Bethany, which is on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives. And while Jesus there, we come across the great illustration of someone dealing with stress. And because of the tough situations that we face in life, it's important to know that there are many different types of pressures. In fact, we experience at least two different kinds of stress. There is Eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, and distress. Eustress is a healthy kind of stress. It's, it's the stress that challenges us towards greater fulfillment, like running and lifting weights and healthy competition. We had several people in our church that uh, participated in that Spartan race yesterday. That was a kind of a stressful situation, but a good stress for them, bad stress probably for other people. Academic challenges. Eustress will ultimately improve us over a period of time. Distress is a little bit more destructive. Distress is the pressures that come from hardship or difficulty. Anybody facing hardship or difficulty right now in your life? Just a couple of us. All right. Everyone else is not. So we can help each other. While we cannot free ourselves from distress, we need to learn how to deal with stressful situations when they arise. Experiencing continually stressful situations is not healthy. And I know life in general can be stressful. But I think sometimes we focus on things that aren't as important. We focus on things that aren't the main thing. And I hope I get that point across in the message this morning. You see, this story in Luke chapter 10 is a great picture of someone that was so busy doing, 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 going, 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 that she lost sight of the most important thing. And I fear that too often in our lives, we lose sight of what's most important. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of around the house and in our, uh, in our job situations and our family. And I'm not saying you neglect that. I'm not saying that at all this morning. There's things even in my life that I need to take care of. But I think sometimes I put those at the precedence in my relationship with Christ suffers. My relationship with Christ is the most important relationship that I have in this life. It's the most important thing that I can spend my time on. But so often, even in my life as a pastor, as someone in the ministry for a long time, I can push that relationship off to the back burner. And I'm sure if I've done that, I'm sure you've done that as well. To where it's, man, there's so much pressure going on around me. So many things that I don't like and I don't have control over. And I, I need to take care of this. And instead of taking care of our relationship with Christ, we just push it off, push it off, push it off, push it back, push it back, push it back. And the stress just rises. You ever notice that? 
And I've seen that in my life many, many, many times. And I look at verse number 40 of Luke chapter 10 where it says, but Martha was, what's that word? Cumbered. She was cumbered about much serving. What we see here, and that's not the message uh, in, in particular this morning, but we see here is kind of the Martha syndrome. And there are four things that we see about Martha quickly, kind of set the stage for this message. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. There's nothing wrong with serving. And I'll talk about that a little bit later as we go on to the message. I think it's very important to serve because even Jesus Christ himself set an example of what it means to serve. But serving is not the main priority. And I'll explain that in a few minutes. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she helped me. So again, they're putting on a feast. Jesus is there. His disciples are there in this house visiting with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and a lot of other friends. And what we find and discover is that Martha is so concerned with all of the household chores and getting everything together. And again, nothing wrong with that. You need to take care of things and make sure the meal is prepared and, and the, uh, the food is cooked and the table is set and the dishes are done. But she is so focused on that that she forgot the most important thing. There's someone in her house. Who's in her house? Jesus. And it'd be easy to say, well, if Jesus were in my house, I'd just be sitting with Jesus. But would we? Because if Jesus is in your heart today, if the Holy Spirit is in your heart, we have his presence all of the time. So do we act like he's there all of the time? Or are we pushing him off to the side? And we see a few things in particular about Martha in this verse. Martha was distracted. <laughs> The Bible says she was cumbered about. Uh, cumbered, uh, basically, it means she's distracted. She was driven about mentally. She was, she was depressed. I mean, Lord, my sister's not doing anything. Isn't it so easy to focus on what everyone else is doing or not doing instead of what we should be doing? You know, I've been guilty of that many times in my life. And instead of focusing on my own problems, my own relationship with the Lord, I focus on everyone else. Lord, this person is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Can't you just help that person out? And he has to remind me, Chris, why don't you focus on yourself? Focus on what you need to do, on your own problems. But so often in our lives, we focus on everyone else. You know, Brother Mike, he preached a great message a few weeks ago on diatrophies. And diatrophies was one that wanted the preeminence. He wanted life to be all about himself. And really, that's kind of what we see here with Martha in a sense, that she's more concerned with her needs, what she wants, instead of what is most important. So she's distracted. She's depressed. She's even disapproving. You ever disapproved of someone else? I think many of us. No one else is serving the way Martha is serving. And that's all Martha is doing. All she's doing is serving, and my sister over there is lazy. <laughs> Again, it's very easy for me to even fall into this trap of, man, everyone else is just lazy. <laughs> no one is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Another thing about Martha quickly is she's very demanding. <laughs> hey, Jesus, I know you're the son of God and all that kind of stuff, but why don't you go take care of this? I know none of us ever act like that with Jesus, right? We never pray things like that. Hey, hey, Lord, you know, I'm praying for all this stuff. And hey, Lord, I really need you to just take care of the situation. Are we in control? No, but we try to make ourselves in control, remember? And as I've said many times in this messages and these series that I've done in the past year, in the past several years, we make this life about us when it's not about us. Who's it about? 
about Jesus. It's about Christ. It's not about us. It's all about him. So Martha's distracted. She's depressed. She's disapproving. She's, she's demanding. Let me ask you a few questions quickly. When life gets busy, does your time with God tend to get pushed aside? Do you ever feel sorry for yourself? Here's another great question. You ever find yourself very critical of others and their faults? I know no one, no one in here is like that, right? It's very easy to be like that. And, and I've found myself that way many times. I'm very judgmental. I can be very judgmental of everyone else. It's like the, all the fingers are pointing back to me, but I'm pointing one or two at everyone else. Do you ever question whether God really cares for you? But before we go on, let me just remind you of something. And this is important of setting the stage for this message. It's not your job to make sure everyone else is meeting up to your standards. Look, there are certain standards, convictions you might have based on the word of God that God has given you personally. It's your job to follow those standards based on what God has told you to do. It's not your job to force your standards on someone else. Now, if there's something someone is doing that's unbiblical, that goes against God's word, it is your job to help them. As a pastor, I have a higher responsibility. If I see sin, I need to try to take care of that sin and try to help people understand that this is dangerous towards their life. This is going to lead them down a path that they don't need to go. But even as a pastor, it's still not my job. If God has spoken to me clearly about something in my life of uh, maybe how I dress or how I act or where I go or what I see or uh, what I listen to, it's not my job to force that upon you. You have to do this. And if you don't, you're unholy. That's wrong. And in a sense, it's kind of what Martha is doing here. Lord, my sister is not performing the way that I think she should perform. She is not acting the way that I think she should act. Look at all the stuff that she's not doing. Look, Martha was a very driven woman. And there's nothing wrong with being driven. But there is something wrong with demanding others to be as driven as you are. We don't need many versions of yourselves. <laughs> and I say that you know, jokingly, but I don't need a bunch of mini-me's running around. You don't need a bunch of mini-you's running around. You let God work in people's hearts the way that he wants to work in their heart. And this is what we do. This is how we act by our demanding and disapproval of how others raise their families, how others do ministry, how others clean their houses or don't clean their houses, how others dress. And this isn't necessarily an attack on Martha, but she was so focused on herself and making sure others were up to her standard that she failed to realize the most important thing. Look, we need servants. I've said that many times, and the Bible is full of a picture of servanthood. And as I've said before, service to Christ is humbling ourselves, right? It's saying, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever I need to do, <laughs> kind of that whatever, whenever, wherever, whatever I need to do, whenever I need to do it, and wherever the job may lead me, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to truly humble myself. But again, I've, I've been guilty of this, and I'm sure you have as well, that Instead of truly humbling myself, and I think I mentioned this a week ago on Wednesday, what we do is, well, that's not my job. <laughs> it's not my job to pick up that trash right there. 
Someone else will pick it up. You know, we just had these teens go to youth camp and, you know, God really spoke to them, so they need to go out and do some things like that. I don't need to do that. Or kind of like I joked, you know, a couple weeks ago, because I've heard this all throughout my ministry. Well, that's why we pay someone in the church to do that kind of stuff. So I don't have to do it. But that's not the, the role of a church member. You know, I've known many people that are so busy serving that they forget what's most important. Sometimes, instead of always serving, we need to be served. Some people are always go, go, go. You know people like that? You know, type AAA personality? There's no stop because there's no time to stop. But can I remind you of an important truth that the Lord reminded me even this week? I had an opportunity to preach at my home church for my dad on Wednesday, and, and I preached one of my messages in the Sela series. And it was good for me to be reminded of that because Sela is that word found 71 times in the book of Psalms, three times in the book of Habakkuk, and it means a purposeful pause. Sometimes what we do is need to purposely pause and reflect on who God is, of what he's done in our life, of what he's trying to teach us in our lives. And I'm just as guilty as the next person because sometimes I'm so go, 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 driven, driven, driven. Got to keep going. The Lord's given me a vision. We got to keep pushing through, keep pushing through, keep pushing through that I neglect the most important thing. You know, stress can be caused by anything that annoys you, threatens you, excites you, scares you, worries you, hurries you, angers you, frustrates you, challenges you, criticizes you. It can be caused by things that are pleasant and things that aren't so pleasant. I thought this was pretty funny, but experts say that getting married is actually more stressful than getting fired from a job. Many probably would agree with that. And retirement, I don't know this yet, but retirement is more than twice as stressful as moving to a new place. Stress is everywhere. I don't think it gets easier as we get older. Here's some of the symptoms of stress. Frequent headaches. For me, check. Stiff neck, check. Irregular heartbeat, dizziness, colds, constantly waking up tired, anger, frustration. Check, 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 check. Think about a rubber band. You know, I've, you know, go the, gave those rubber bands out and talked talk about elastic Christianity. You know, it, it is important for us to be stretched in our Christian lives. But what happens if we keep stretching ourselves? What happens to that rubber band? It's eventually going to snap. Now, we need to stretch ourselves because even in a rubber band, I meant to have this illustration today, but I, I didn't. A rubber band, you know, it, it starts out small. Let me take this off. You know, it's small, but I mean, it can do some big jobs. Now, this one is not necessarily made for that, but it can fit around some larger objects. It was made to do a little bit more than what even you think is possible. But if you keep stretching, and that's not what I'm trying to do with the church. I'm not just trying to keep stretching you until you eventually break, <laughs> until you eventually snap. But that happens sometimes in churches and in ministry. Pastors, just as guilty as the next person, always pushing for service, always pushing for service, always pushing for service, pushing for this, pushing for that, pushing for that. Everyone is serving in every other, every other ministry and every other program that they never have time to sit at the feet of Jesus and focus on him. And eventually they, they snap. <laughs> eventually they break. Eventually that rubber band will lose its elasticity and eventually it will snap. When we look at this picture in the Bible, Martha had her day planned out and maybe had it planned out for some time. 
She probably had some unrealistic expectations too, but she was going to try to do her best to get them all done. She was busy. She was cumbered, but that was okay with her because that's who she was. She had jobs to do, and she wasn't resting until the job was finished. To Martha, Mary was lazy. All she wanted to do was sit around and listen to Jesus. Doesn't she know there's work to be done? Again, being driven isn't a bad thing. Being driven to accomplish things can cause you, though, to lose the blessing of fellowship with the Lord. In the busyness of stress and life, sometimes it can cost us relationships. I look at ministry side, and I've seen many pastors that have been so busy serving, so busy ministering, that they lost their families. I've seen families that husband or wife were so driven, so busy with their job, with what they wanted to do, that they lost their family, they lost their relationship. Without realizing it, this extreme Martha syndrome can take over our lives to the point that we become a detriment to the spirit of our family, our work, and our church. Sometimes we are so cumbered about, so distracted with doing that in a sense, we forget about being who God wants us to be. And I want to encourage you this morning, for the next few minutes, I want to encourage us to understand how to thrive in the stress of our lives. And it's not by looking at Martha. And there's a lot I can preach on that, but that's, again, not the message this morning. But what I want to do is I want to look at Mary. And we see a couple amazing points here about Mary. The first thing I want to notice is this, the pace of Mary. Mary didn't have the same pace as Martha, but you know what? That's okay. The person next to you isn't necessarily going to have the pace that you have. Maybe you are that go, 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 go. That's okay. Maybe they're not, but you don't have to drag them to be who you are. But notice the pace of Mary. It was a slower pace than her sister. She's not just, go, 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 let's get everything done, get everything done, get everything done. You know, really, I was uh, talking to Michael Leighton this morning in my office, and he's like, man, you can name this the tale of two church members, really. I mean, we have Mary and we have Martha. But look, there are always things that need to be done. There are always things that are necessary, things that are important. We can't neglect the de- daily task. But when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, all of those things should be secondary. But are they? Martha is more concerned with the house being clean, the dishes being done, everything being set in order instead of realizing that Jesus is in her midst. The Son of God is there teaching and talking, discipling, mentoring, helping all of those in the house. And there's Martha somewhere else. What's your concern today? Are we really concerned about the things of God? Or are we so concerned about everything else that we have to get done? Even even today. And I'm sure all of us have things even today that we need to get done. I have things I need to get done today. But are we so concerned with what needs to get done that we neglect the most important thing? I mean, even in our church services sometimes, we come in and and literally, I've joked about this before, but it's, all right, I give the pastor about 25 minutes, that's it, because I got to go. 
And I, I try not, I try to, I try my best to not, not hold people longer than they need to be. But at the same time, this is the most important thing of your day. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what Jesus wants to give us from his word. Everything else is secondary. It doesn't matter the other plans that you have today. They can change and anything can happen. What's most important is sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. Jobs are important. Families are important. Vacation's important. All of those things are important. Life can be stressful, but you don't need to add more to your plate than needs to be added. If your plan's changed, and I'm talking to myself here, it's okay. Maybe God is trying to tell you to slow down. Selah. Everything that we typically stress out in this life is really only temporal, not eternal. It's time that we learn to make sure our pace is as conducive in focusing on Jesus Christ. And Mary's pace was a restful pace. You see, Mary took time to sit and learn what Jesus wanted to teach her. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. How can we know that he is God if we don't sit still long enough to listen? I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes what we need to do is not go, 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 do, do, do. Sometimes we just need to stop. I know it's easier said than done. But many of us, myself included, are too cumbered about, are too distracted with life. In the busyness of life, where does your quiet time with God rank? Is it on the back burner? Or is it the forefront of your life? I believe Mary learned the secret of resting, and when she stopped doing and going, she wasn't stressed, and I've seen that in my own life. When I stop focusing on everything I need to do and focus on Jesus, that stress seems to fade away. It's going to come. It's just, it's part of life. But literally, there are times where I add more stress than need to be added. Because things didn't go the way I planned. And I start worrying about things. And, I, and I've said this before. I think of every different scenario that may happen. So all it does is make me more stressful. But when I actually give it over to Jesus and let him take care of it, you know what happens? The stress goes away. We see the pace of Mary is a very restful pace. It's not about going to your stress food, your comfort food. It's about going to Jesus. Mary also had a renewing pace. Remember, renewal is not a one-time occurrence. It's a daily occurrence. It happens in the stillness as we focus on Christ. You can't thrive in your Christian life if you don't spend time with Jesus. If you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, you can't expect to thrive in your Christian life if you only come to church on Sundays once a month or once every other month or I'll catch it on Facebook. I love Facebook, but at the same time, I hate it for that very reason because I feel like so many times people just want to sit out of church because I can just watch it on, online. It's not the same. Sit at the feet of Jesus and be here experiencing brothers and sisters in Christ that can encourage you and, and lift you up. It's time to renew our focus. You know, what, why did Peter sink? He lost track of Jesus, right? He, he quit focusing on Jesus, and what did he do? He focused on everything else around him. Jesus said, hey, come out of the boat. 
come start walking, come to me. And, and Peter started walking on the water, which is a miracle in and of itself. And all of a sudden, he got his eyes off of Jesus and put his eyes on the storm, right? Put his eyes on the, on the waves around him. And, and that's what we do. That's what I do. Instead of focusing on Jesus, the author and finisher of our, my faith, I look at everything else around me and I begin to sink. It's time to renew our focus. It's time to renew our faith. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. One of my favorite verses, I've shared this before, Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our first response in stress is try to solve the problem. We get up earlier. We work longer. We work harder. But sometimes God's plan is just to wait. Someone once said, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies. Whether it comes between me and God or whether it presses me near his heart. Does the pressures of life push you closer to God or draw you farther away from God? Renew your focus, renew your faith, renew your fervency for God. Psalm 63, 1, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. Do you truly thirst for God? My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, just like when you're very thirsty. You need water, you need Gatorade, you need something to fill you up, to quench that thirst. Jesus is the quench of your thirst. Jesus gives you what you need. But this is a great picture of the stress-filled life. We find ourselves dry and thirsty. I'd be interested to do a survey sometime and see how much time the average church member spends with God outside of the church on a weekly basis. I think it'd be very telling. How much time do we spend with God? But I have to work. I have to work 60 hours. And, and I'm not saying you don't need to work. You do need to work. The Bible talks about that as well. But how much time do we spend with God? We see the pace of Mary, but notice secondly and quickly and very simply, the place of Mary. Where is Mary? sitting at the feet of Jesus. The posture of disciples and learners in ancient times was sitting at the feet of their teacher. Paul described himself as sitting at the feet of his teacher Gamaliel in Acts chapter 22, verse 3, when he was a student. Mary was his disciple. She was a follower of Jesus. She couldn't get enough of his teaching. She couldn't get enough of the doctrine. She wanted to learn everything she could learn about God. There is no one in this church today that knows everything there is to know about God. No one. That's why we have church, to learn more. So God could give us more through the preaching and teaching of his word, through the pastor and, and through other ministries and programs and discipleship courses that we have here. That's why it's very important and vitally important that you come to church. Well, I don't like it because they don't have this going on. They don't have that going on. It doesn't matter. Think about it as a parent. What are you teaching your children when you don't come? You're teaching that other things are important. And that sitting at the feet of Jesus is not important. You know, Jesus wanted the children to come. And I am all about ministries and programs. Trust me, I am all about that. But at the same time, there's been many times in the past three and a half years specifically that I've been very tempted to just cut everything out 
Because I would rather have no ministries and people just sitting and learning than people busy doing and going and never actually learning what they need to learn. And I'm not against any ministry. I'm not against any ministry at all. The ministries we have are great, but I'm very tempted sometimes to just cut them out because I'm not concerned with people just hanging out in any area. Well, I'm in this ministry because I just get to sit and and I, and I have people like that in certain ministries that I was I was able to be in um, in Indiana. We had Masters Club, which is very similar to the Truth Tracker ministry that we had. And and I think honestly, I, some of the people that helped in Masters Clubs were, were there just so they can get out of church because it was a it was a free ticket out. They didn't really have to do anything. They just sat there. And and what I found doing or them doing a lot of times, they were just sitting and talking to someone else about sports or about their work or about their job. I'm not concerned about that. You can talk about that after church. You can talk about that before church, but during church, you need to sit and listen to the things of God. And there were times where I even had to have people not help in a ministry, not serve in a ministry because they were only there when it was their time to serve. That's wrong too. That's well, my time to be on the nursery, so I guess I'll show up, you know, for this one service this month. That's wrong. The place of Mary is that she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. The greatest thing in our Christian life is really to sit at the feet of Jesus. When's the last time you sat at the feet of Jesus? But I'm too busy. Maybe that's why you're so stressed out. We have the opportunity to get to know Christ in a way that many can't. We have his word that we can read and study whenever we want. Whether you have a Bible, a physical Bible or not, if you have a phone or technology, you can download an app and you can talk to him and listen to him. Look at verse number 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Martha, you're, you're, you're too cumbered. You're too stressed out. You're putting too much on your plate. There's too much you're trying to do that's not really important. I understand dishes need to be cleaned and the house needs to be taken care of. But one thing is needful. I am the most important. Jesus, I am right here. And yet you're more concerned about everything else than you are about me. Again, I have no desire to see people so busy serving that they can't take time for the most important thing. Martha had a phenomenal opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus, but she was too busy or too stressed out. Things don't get done by themselves, and I know that. But service to God is important in our Christian walk. But the most important thing is that we're growing, that we're learning. And he continues in verse 42, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus didn't condemn her. He didn't chastise her. He didn't go off on her. Mary, just go off and just, or Martha, just go off and do whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not worried about this. He didn't do that. He didn't say that. Martha, Martha, that's not important. I'm here. What's most important is that you listen and take from Mary that she is trying to do the most important thing. Sit and learn and listen and gain as much as she can. Mary was gaining something that would last for all of eternity. Any investment we make in spending time with Christ is an eternal investment. There will always be things that are vying for our attention, but understand what Jesus told Martha. One thing is needful. 
Stress will come when we get our tensions off of Jesus Christ. Stress will come when we focus on the things of this world instead of focusing on Christ. And this message is as much for me as it is for anyone else. Because sometimes I get so stressed out because I'm focusing on things that really don't matter instead of focusing on him. You want to thrive through stress? Then it's time that you return to the feet of Jesus. Don't believe me? Why don't you just try it for a week? Why don't you see how much time you can spend with Jesus? It'll be very telling at the same time because then you'll realize how much time you didn't spend with Jesus. But I guarantee you, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you open up his word and just read until he gives you something or listen to a message or listen to a podcast or or, or pray and seek God's face, the more God will give you. The more victory over stress he'll give you. This is where you'll find and experience victory. This is where you'll learn to thrive. This is where you'll learn that you were made for more. To understand this, that we're too concerned with the many things that we neglect the one thing we are called to do. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from.